when you're up against a hostile room of people who don't want to be there, you need real strategies that get results. Welcome to From Hostage to Hero, the show that gives you practical advice you can use right now in the courtroom, boardroom, or classroom. Learn how to move your unwilling audience to one that is invested in what you're saying, eager to participate, and engaged in the process. Learn from the attorney whisperer herself, your host, Sari Delamont. Hello, and welcome to another episode of From Hostage to Hero. My name is Sari Delamont, the attorney whisperer, and I am so happy to be with you today. How's it going out there in trial world land? I hope you are taking care of yourselves and mastering your mindset and attempting new things and taking risks and all the things that I teach in my world and in my work and uh, having great success, whether that means outwardly or inwardly. Well, today we're going to talk about how to balance the scales for jurors. Now, what do I mean? We know that there's the scales of justice and that that's what jurors are there to do is to balance the scales, right? Is that this is an unfair process. We talked about that in the last podcast and Really, it's the jurors who are kind of come in and save the day. That's why they're heroes. They get to right the wrong. They get to hold people accountable. But what I really mean when I'm talking about balancing the scales for jurors is that we take, 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 and then take some more from jurors and we give them nothing. And we've got to change that around. And when we do, that will change how we interact with them. We will change our experience. We will change the juror's experience. We'll change everything altogether. So what do I mean? Well, let's start with this whole idea of what we take. What do we take from jurors? I mean, let's think about this. We take their time. Okay, that's a big one. We take their time and just peruse any Google search of time management and a million things will come up. Why? Because people are constantly wanting more time in their lives, even though we all get the same amount. (laughs) It's just a thing that we're constantly wanting more of and how to manage it. And, and time is precious. Time is precious. And so when a juror is summoned to court for jury selection, one of the things that we are taking from them is time and time is precious. And that's part of what creates their hostageness. Okay. So we take a juror's time. What do we also take from jurors? Well, we take their privacy. Do we not? We take that away from them because we bring them into trial and we force them to have to talk to us and we make sure that that is not a great situation for them, <laughs> not because we mean to, but just the way that it's set up. And it's that's just awful. I mean, most of us really guard our privacy and yet with jurors, there is no such thing. They have to talk. And, you know, yeah, we have the whole, if you don't want to talk about this in front of everyone, you can just talk in front of the judge. Well, that doesn't help. I mean, who wants to be like, yeah, I have this such, such a sensitive situation uh, that I don't, I want everybody to leave. I mean, no one wants to be that kind of center of attention. I mean, I guess some people do, but that doesn't, that doesn't help is what I'm saying. I mean, yeah, I don't have to say it in front of a bunch of people, but now I've made a big deal about how my thing is so sensitive that no one else can hear it. I mean, it's just not something most people are willing to do. 
And then even in that case, it's still an invasion of privacy because we still have to say it out loud in front of attorneys and a judge. So we take a juror's privacy, and that's a big deal. What else do we take from jurors? Well, we, as we talked about in the last couple of podcasts, we take away their sense of security in terms of that certainty piece, right? The status piece uh, in that they don't know what this is all about. This this causes all kind of fear and confusion. And what are they going to ask me? And how am I supposed to answer? And you know, what if I, what if I have to, to be at work and how do, how do I get out of this and am I going to get in trouble? So we, we really, really mess with their sense of security in their day-to-day lives. That's a big thing that we take from jurors. We also take their patience, <laughs> right? We, we, our openings are too long and too wordy. We we take way too long to get to the point in Wadir. We try a bunch of, you know, not you guys, of course, not, not my people. But we take, uh, you know, we try all these manipulative gimmicks. We try their patience and we take it from them until they get irritated with us. Okay. We take their dignity. We, we treat them like cattle. We make them wait for hours and hours at a time. We, t- we take their energy. We drain them and we make them sit in those seats. Now that are, they're more comfortable now but than they used to be. But we make them sit for hours and hours listening to boring details told in boring ways by boring people. No offense. Right? We take and we take and we take some more. And then when they finally get to us, we stand in front of them and we ask them for more. We say, please be honest. We say, please talk to me. Please give, 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 give. And my question to you is, what the fuck are we giving jurors? What are we giving to them? Listen, people are only willing to give when they see what's in it for them and when they also receive something in return. I want you to think about How can I give to jurors so that I can balance out the scales? Because we're in desperate need for that, my peeps. We've got to give jurors things before we expect or ask them for anything. So a couple of things, a couple ideas for you of the things that we can give jurors. No, I'm not talking about gift baskets (laughs) or glasses of wine, although I'm sure they would love one um, as we continue to go into an hour 40 million of trial. No, we, there's many practical things that we can give jurors. And one of the things we can give jurors is we can give them respect. Okay. We can respect their time. First of all, we can get to the freaking point early and often so that they understand that we're not there to jack them around and try to pretty them up and build rapport. I mean, let's talk about this whole idea of rapport building. Who is rapport building for? You've somehow convinced yourself that it is for the jurors. It is not. It is for you. It makes us feel better. It makes us feel like we can. it's easier to talk. It does nothing for the jurors. It doesn't. Jurors don't need rapport. They need information. You've heard me say that many times. That's what they need. Rapport building is for you. It's not for them. So get rid of that idea that you're giving them something when you're spending all this time trying to build rapport when all the jurors want you to do is respect their time from the very first moment. So do it. Respect their time. Be economical in your speech. 
Listen more to them than you're talking, especially in Wadir. Of course in Wadir. Protect their time. Respect who they are. And, and, you know, we're talking about respecting who they are. I mean, this really comes down to this idea of listening intently and with focus. We talked about that a couple podcast episodes ago. But it's more than listening. You know, when I think about it, when we're talking to our jurors, so often we're listening for what we want to hear or what we don't want to hear. And then as soon as a juror gives us something, we go, "Uh uh-huh, thanks, bye. And we move on to the next juror. And they've made said something like, I was in this horrific car crash that killed my husband. I I mean, I've actually seen things like that where you just bypass right past it. That's not respecting jurors. It's so obvious that you are mining for information and you either didn't get it or want to go on to the next juror. That's not respecting jurors. That's not giving them respect. We can give them information, as I've said. That's another thing we can give. That's one way to respect them. It's also another way to empower them. We can give them honesty. We can give them honesty. We can show up and be real. We can talk about the things that are issues in our case. We can can play fair. We can, we can stop hiding our bad facts and come out and own them and put them into context for our jurors. We can be honest. Now, I don't mean the kind of honesty that I see a lot of time where, you know, this anything can be taken overboard. And so I've seen things like this before where an attorney gets up and says, I'm just really nervous. <laughs> I just need to tell you, I'm really nervous. And um, I hope you don't hold that against me. And I'm not a great public speaker. I'm just, oh my God, no, that's manipulative. First of all, if you buy into the idea that jurors are hostages and looking for a leader, you just show them you're not it, right? Leaders are, even if they are nervous, they don't show it. They don't communicate it out loud. I mean, they could show it. And there's a couple of, of instances that I've talked about that and the power of that in my book, but they don't make a big show of showing it if you get what I'm saying, right? They are who they are. They forge ahead, nervousness or not, but they're not making a big deal and putting that all on the jurors. That is not something that the jur- that again, that's taking from the jurors. You say, how's that taking from the jurors? Because you're making them manage your nervousness. You're making them say, it's okay with me. I won't hold it against you. You're asking them for something again. You're not giving them what they need. I mean, here's another thing that they need and that you can give them. Leadership. Direction. They're in desperate need for those things. They, they need each other. They need you to form the group. They need you to go first. Stop looking at the situation in terms of how do I get, because this is what I hear all the time. How do I get jurors to fill in the blank? How do I get jurors to fill in the blank? Th- these are the questions that I get from you all the time. How do I get, 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 get? And my question to you is what are you willing to give in order to get? If you want jurors to trust you, for example, you've heard me say this many times, you have to trust them first. And all y'all have such a hard time with that. But it doesn't make any sense other way, doesn't it? I mean, a client who I was talking to and we we were debriefing his recent win, which was great. And I was asking what he learned and what he didn't learn. And he said to me, you know, this idea of trusting the jurors was really big for me. It was the first time I really went into trial and had that mindset after working with you. And I really think it made a difference. And I said, yeah, tell me more about that. And he said, well, it's kind of like, you know, I travel a lot in my job. And if I was in my hotel room and my wife, who says she trusts me, 
uh, called me all the time and who are you with? What are you doing? Who, you know what? I would absolutely like think she didn't trust me, even though she said she trusted me, her actions would say otherwise. And I said, yeah. And in that scenario, how do you think you would react towards your wife after getting that she doesn't trust you? Would you pull closer to her or would you pull away? And he said, I'd pull away. And I said, that's exactly what it's like for the jurors, right? We keep saying non-verbally, I don't trust you. I don't trust you. Who's here to kill me, right? Give me, talk to me so I can figure out who, who, which one of you I can kill. And the, and we give off this vibe of, I'm scared of you. Someone here is going to kill my case. And what do the jurors do? They pull away. They won't come to you. They won't come toward you. They won't move closer until you go first, until you give them that. You can give them your presence fully there, not in your head, thinking of the next question. You can give them each other by forming the group. You can give them respect of their time. And by listening intently and, and commenting on their human stories and thanking them for sharing and showing emotion in your face when they, they share something awful and not being so clinical about things. You can give them information. You can give them honesty. You can give them leadership and you can give them direction. There are probably many other things that you can give them that the point is it's time to balance the scales. We take from jurors and we need to start by giving them. By the time they get to us, they've already been taken from so much that before you even start, you have to give back. You can't stand in front of them and ask them for more. They're depleted. They're depleted. That's why I suggest you do the designed alliance where you say, listen, you get to choose whether you want to be here or not. I mean... Yes, you may end up on the jury, but it's not going to be because of me. I want to hear who wants to be here and I'll do my best to let you go. If you, after we, this conversation, you, you tell me this isn't a good case for me. You're giving to them when you do that designed alliance. I talk about this in more depth uh, two podcasts ago, if you're wondering what I'm talking about with the designed alliance. But that's a gift that you give jurors. When you don't make voir dire about you and you go first and you come in there with confidence and leadership and direction, that's a gift to jurors. When you, when you focus them on each other and, and looking and talking to each other and getting a group dynamic going, that's a gift to jurors. When you provide them with certainty and an issue-oriented voir dire so they know why they're there and what they're there to talk about, that's a gift for jurors. We've got to balance the scales. We can't keep asking things from jurors until we give first. So my question to you is what are you willing to give jurors? You know, the ultimate gift to jurors is yourself, is to show up fully. Isn't that what we ask jurors to do? Come in, be totally honest, devote themselves to the process totally and completely. I mean, isn't that what we want them to do? We've got to go first. Everything we ask the jurors to do, we've got to go first. If we want them to be honest, we have to be honest first. If we want them to be open, we've got to be open first. That's what this is all about when we talk about balancing the scales for jurors. Because anything else is unfair. Anything else is depleting. These are our heroes. We need to treat them with reverence and respect and stop viewing them as the enemy and take, take, take. Because they've had enough. They're weary from their lives, from the world. 
Let's give before we ask. Okay? That's your reminder for this week. Have a great week, everybody. That's it for this episode of From Hostage to Hero. But head to our website, sorrydlm.com, for other must-have resources from Sorry Delamart. Read the transcript of this podcast, watch trial tip videos, or download your free copy of Sorry's article, Why Jurors Hate the Hobby Question. We're glad you joined us today. And until next time, remember that to lead a hostage to freedom, you must first free yourself.